Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 839. We're looking at Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Let's read our passage. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went and put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant, if you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, Even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're toward the end of Matthew's Gospel, and we're in this final discourse. Matthew has these five discourses, extended teaching segments. And this is the fifth. It's the Discourse on the Future, also known as the Olivet Discourse, since it occurs on the Mount of Olives. It all began as they were leaving the temple for the final time, and Jesus predicted the destruction of the temple. Then the disciples asked him, When will these things take place, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus has been providing answer to that. He talked about there would be hard, difficult times that would come. But he also said, that's not a sign. And your task during these hard, difficult times is to endure. They talked about the destruction of the temple and the suddenness with which it would happen and the the great trouble that would be associated with it. He talked about the rise of false Christs and these cosmic events, which as we discussed then, could either be taken to be about the destruction of the temple or his coming. 
Then he starts talking clearly about his second coming. And his answer to the question of what would be the sign, essentially was to say, there will be no sign. It will be unexpected. It will be sudden. And the challenge is to be prepared in advance. Then he gives these parables as illustrations to that. He talked about the two servants. One was faithful and one was wicked. And the difference was who was prepared for the master's return. He talked about the ten girls escorting the bridegroom. Five were wise, five were foolish. And the difference between being wise and being foolish was being prepared for the arrival of the bridegroom, even if it was delayed. Now we pick up a third parable. And again, we see a delay that takes place here. Let's dive into it. Matthew 25, starting with verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. Well, for it is just like. For what is? The kingdom of heaven. That's what he's talking about. But the actual phrase here literally translates for just as. And so we can take that to being the same conditions as the previous one, where he said the kingdom of heaven will be like. Not the kingdom of heaven is, but it's going to be like this when he returns. So that's the, still the context that he's talking about, his second coming, what the kingdom of heaven is like. Continuing verse 14, this man about to go on a journey, he called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Different English translations translate this differently. The problem is what do you do with the word talent? Because that comes from the Greek word. And talent doesn't mean the same thing we understand talent to mean, like abilities having to do with your personality. Talent is a unit of weight. And as Specifically, weight is like 58 to 80 pounds, and it could be used to measure out silver, gold, copper, and they would have different values and depending on what the actual weight being used. By the time of the New Testament, it somewhat been standardized to where a talent was the equivalent of 6,000 denarii. And remember, a denarius is a day's wage for a day laborer. So a talent would then be the equivalent of 6,000 days pay for a day laborer. That's like 20 years of pay. So we're not talking a little bit of money. We're not even talking a good deal of money. We are talking a lot of money. So one man gets five talents, one man gets two talents, one man gets one talent. Even the man with one talent has the equivalent of years of pay for a day laborer. So we're talking an extravagant amount of money. But notice they're given depending on each one's ability. So the man gives his money to his three servants and goes on his journey. Verse 16, immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. So the first servant is given five talents. Now it's according to their ability, so obviously he has the greatest ability in the eyes of the master. 
and he went to work immediately. Now, what did he actually do with the money? He didn't invest it. He didn't have stock markets and things like that. He engaged in business. So, assuming he bought and sold things and made a profit. He actually makes a 100% profit. He says he put them to work and earned five more. Verse 17, in the same way, the man with two earned two more. So the second servant, he also earns a 100% profit. Now he only earns two because he started with two, but he also earned a 100% profit. Verse 18, but the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. But we're told later he's afraid of the master's response, so he's afraid to lose the money. And we're also told according to their ability. So obviously the master recognized this one had the least ability. But remember, this is not one dollar. This is one talent, which is an extravagant amount of money on its own. Verse 19. After a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. So, after a long time, we see this in the storylines here. Several, it's, it's, there is a delay. And he's teaching about the second coming. Teaching about his coming. And so, the idea of a delay, this is an important aspect here. That it will happen unexpectedly. It will catch everyone unaware but it likely will involve a delay. So after a long time, the master accounts came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See if I have earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Oh, we saw in the parable of the two servants that part of the reward for being faithful was increased responsibility. We see that here also. You were faithful over a few things, I'll put you in charge of many. Now, faithful over a few things, that's something of an understatement. He was faithful in charge of a lot of money. He says, I'll put you in charge of greater things. So, greater responsibility, but also share your master's joy. Here we see a deeper relationship with the master. Verse 22, the man with two talents also approached. He said, master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The exact same words he used with the first servant. So he didn't seem any less pleased with the man who only earned two talents than he did with the man who earned five talents. He's pleased with the faithfulness. And the same reward, increased responsibility, share the master's joy. Verse 24, the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. Well, he admits that he is afraid of the master's response, so he didn't do anything. He was afraid that had he done anything, he could have risked losing 
the master's money, and he didn't want to experience the master's wrath. Verse 26, his master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So his anger is that the man did nothing. I said you could have deposited my money with the bankers. Don't think banks the way we understand them. Uh, A banker would be more like a money lender. And certain practices of loaning money to fellow Jews for interest were prohibited in the Old Testament. And there was still some degree of risk involved in dealing with money lenders. You still might lose your money. But his chastisement here is you didn't do anything. Verse 28. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. This is curious. The servant who had the five talents earned five more came and presented them to the master. Now it seems that he still has the ten talents. Was that what was meant by the, I will put you in charge of more things? Meaning, now you take that ten talents that you have and continue to work it? Verse 29. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, what do we make of this ending? Well, the whole thing about being equipped in rewards and punishment. And we have the same phrase here at the end, being thrown out into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We've seen this before a few times, and that's the picture of judgment. So, do we take this to mean that we have to perform a certain level to be accepted by God when Jesus returns? Well, he's talking about faithfulness here. And the message is being prepared for his return. And as we've seen through, what does being prepared look like? It looks like living a faithful life. The two servants that are commended here, what did they do? They went to work with the money, and they did what their master expected. And the one who was chastised and cast aside did not do what the master expected. He did not live a faithful life. So what is the lesson for us here? God gives us resources and he expects us to use these resources for his purposes. And there will be an accounting. But remember the bigger contrast here. This is all in response to the question about his second coming and that the the takeaway here is that it may be delayed and by this time we know it is delayed but when it happens isn't important what's important is that we are busy about the business he has assigned us to until he comes and if we're doing that then it doesn't matter when he comes we're doing what he expected what's he expects from us well He expects us to live faithful lives. He expects us to live fruitful lives, representing him to others around us. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.